Welcome to another episode of Focus Points, where we ask one simple question. What do we need to know in order to profit more from reading this book of the Bible? Let's look at another book of the Bible together so that we can better know our God and His Word. Today we're going to be looking at the book of Esther. Now, uh, just a few months ago, I preached a sermon on the book of Esther, and really what we're going to be looking at today is just uh, a summary of some of those points that we looked at uh, several months ago together on that Wednesday, on that Sunday night. And so if you're interested in finding out more about Esther, I'd encourage you to go to our church website and to pull down the audio version of that particular sermon. When we get to the book of Esther, we have to remember one key fact. God is the hero of Esther, and God is the focus of the book of Esther, even though he is not even mentioned in the book. There are so many things that happen providentially where God is controlling things from behind the scene that you know that no one in the book of Esther is really the hero. We need to read the book and be wowed by God, not wowed by Esther, although we can appreciate what she's done, not wowed by Mordecai, although he does some good things too, but we get done and we are just thinking to ourselves, our God is a great God. Well, let's find out exactly how our God shows his greatness. The book of Esther can be summarized with this message, God providentially protects his people. God providentially, from behind the scenes, in everyday sort of ways, and sometimes in surprising ways, but not in miracles like the ten plagues, plagues of Egypt. God providentially protects his people. We see God's providence in three basic ways throughout the book of Esther. First of all, we see that God works through the everyday details of life. God is working through the everyday details of life. I'd encourage you, Go through the book of Esther as you read through it and mark every time that God seems to be in a detail. I found about 22. Uh, perhaps you'll find a few less than that. Maybe you'll find a few more than that. But God is working in all different sorts of situations. Uh, one of my professors, Dr. Bell, he used to say this. The number, uh, he wrote this at one point about the book of Esther, the large number of so-called coincidences show us just how intrusively God is involved in the details of everyday life. One coincidence, it might just be a coincidence. Two, three, maybe 22, I don't think so. This has to be God. And so as you consider how God works through the everyday details of life, don't forget to ask yourself the simple questions of, how can I be praising God for how he's working in my life? How ought I to be obeying God, knowing that he is working through my life? So God works through everyday details of life. Second, God works as his people act. This is really seen in chapter 4, verses 10 through 17, where Mordecai comes to Esther with the problem and encourages Esther to do something about it. And what does Esther do? She does pray. She has that feasting, that fasting that goes on. But that fasting wasn't so that God would give her wisdom. No, she had already made her plan. She determined to work her plan. And now she was praying that God would use her plan. And what happened? She invited Xerxes and Haman. She exposed Haman and worked faithfully after Haman's death to undo all the damage. God was in all of that. 
But he was in all of that as Esther was choosing to do something about the problem at hand. God works as his people act, as they make good decisions and do what is right. Sometimes I wonder, every time I think to myself about a particular situation, I wish God would do something about this. I wonder if God is in heaven looking down at me saying, I wish Andrew would just obey so that I could work through him. Because that's how God often works. Sometimes it's in the miracles, but so often it's in the small details as his people do what is right and make the best choice that they can make in a situation. So God works as his people act. That's the second lesson. The third lesson is God works through unexpected reversals. Sometimes a detail might seem insignificant. At other times, God works in everyday life to make something completely flip on its head. And you have examples throughout the book of Esther with this. You have Vashti, who was queen. She is demoted. And Esther, who was a nobody, she is promoted. You have Haman, who becomes a high-ranking official. And then later on in the book, he's the high-swinging official as he's hung. You have the gallows built for Haman, built by Haman for Mordecai, and then you have Mordecai using the, using the gallows to kill Haman, and Haman's the one who's killed on his own gallows. You have this time of fasting and sorrow that should have happened for the Jews, and suddenly at the end, it's a great victory and a feast that is still being celebrated 2,500 years later by the Jewish people. And so as we see that God providentially protects his people, we need to trust that God will do what he has promised. And we show our trust by obeying his word, even if it seems counterproductive to our desired outcome. God says, you obey and you, rele- you leave the results up to me. I can just flip things on their head and I choose to work in my time and in my way. So as you read through the book of Esther, enjoy it, enjoy the drama, because there is great drama, but never lose focus of God. And as you read, I encourage you, ask this one application question. What work of God's providence must I give thanks for today? What is God doing in my everyday details as I try to obey? Sometimes he's flipping things on its head to make things work, but what is God doing that deserves my thanksgiving and rejoicing today? May God bless as you read through the book of Esther this year.